Hey everyone! Welcome to Sundowners, an audio diary of stories, struggles, and lessons learned while living on a sailboat in the Caribbean. My name is Megan. And I'm Travis, and we're thrilled to have you along for the sail. Hello friends, hello family, and hello anybody else out there that's listening. Hello randoms. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I don't know if you can tell this or not, but I am pretty congested. I apologize, but bear with me and we will get you through a wild week out here on the water. Yes, thanks for listening in this week. Uh, Like Travis said, we had a wild week, starting off with the fact that we got smashed into by a 65-foot catamaran in the middle of the night. At 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. So when we left off last episode, we were telling you guys all about how much we love Dominica. We had the greatest day renting the car, exploring the island, which was all true. And then that night, we were awoken rudely in the middle of the night. Yeah, so prior to that, when we were dinging back from shore, we went and dropped the car rental off, and we were dinging back, and there's this brand new 2024 Lagoon 650. I mean, it's a massive 65-foot catamaran. The thing's probably as wide as our boat is long. (laughs) I mean, this thing is a full house. It's Mm -hmm. not like we have like an RV, and then most catamarans are like a condo. This thing is legitimately like a full house. Yeah, huge. It's like on the bigger side of any boat you would see out here. Right. On like the high, high side. Mm Mm-hmm. So we were dinging it back, and this thing is gorgeous. It's got a wrap on it that changes colors. When the sun hits it, it is stunning. So shiny and pretty. And the first thing that Megan says when we see that is what? That's a big boat to be on a mooring ball. Yeah, and the (laughs) winds were supposed to start kicking up, and maybe you guys are team mooring ball. So basically what a mooring ball is is it's either an anchor, some kind of anchoring system, a cement block, something at the bottom of the ocean that has a line tied to it and then a little float on the top of it. And then you don't put out your own anchor. You just grab this float and tie your boat to this float. Mm -hmm. We are definitely team no mooring. (laughs) There's a lot of people that feel comfortable and confident on a mooring when the winds are picking up. I absolutely disagree with that logic. There's no redundancy. If your mooring breaks... You need to be so responsive, it's ridiculous. And if you're in a busy anchorage, you cannot be responsive enough. Mm -hmm. If you have your own ground tackle down, so your chain, your road, your anchor, maybe you drag a little bit, it's super slow. Yeah, and hopefully it will reset itself. Yeah, exactly. Maybe your anchor pops, and then it resets itself. Like there's, there's a safety factor to having ground tackle out. Right, and if the mooring ball were to break whether it's the actual line that attaches the cement block to the float, that part breaks, or your line breaks from your boat to the float. Either way, once you're off that mooring ball, you're just free drifting out to sea or to wherever you go, maybe into the boat behind you. Yeah, that was At a very, very rapid pace based on how windy it is. Yeah. So in this anchorage that we were in, it was a mix. It's a mix of mooring balls, and if you didn't want to grab a mooring ball, some boats were anchored as well. And so we chose to anchor behind the set of mooring balls. And there's this teeny tiny little float, like, I mean, pretty far in front of us. And no boats had really been on it all day. So we weren't even remotely close to any other boats. Um, But when we got back from the rental car and having a wonderful day, we see this pretty boat. And I was shocked at how big of a boat it was for such a tiny little mooring ball. (laughs) 
and just in general for that big boat to be on a mooring ball in so much wind. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what had happened is everybody went to sleep. The winds kicked up and their mooring broke and they hit us at 430 in the morning. And it felt like we were in a car that just got rear-ended by somebody doing 40 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. It was crazy how hard the impact was. Yeah. And I didn't really know what happened. I just shot out of bed, and the first thing I said is, we've been hit. And then by the time I even got to the companionway, I was thinking, shoot, maybe we're dragging, we hit somebody. And I grabbed the spotlight, and I pop out of the, the cockpit, and this thing is sideways onto our pulpit. So basically the very forward part of our boat and it is massive. <laughs> I mean, it looks like we ran into a entire house. Yeah. And the wind is blowing. Megan saw the wind was blowing, what'd you say, like 40-something? 40 46 or 47, I think, yeah. 47 knots in the bay. This boat is pinned on our boat. I'm trying to push this thing off our boat. There's no chance. I mean, there's 65 feet of basically a huge wind catch pushing this thing to us yeah it was crazy i mean yeah we sleep in the very very back of our boat so we're dead asleep and then all of a sudden just this massive smack like it was so loud it shook the whole boat luckily we sleep in the back i mean we know a lot of people that sleep in the v-berth and that would have been terrifying because oh you probably could have felt the impact um and so yeah so then by the time travis got out there and we saw this massive but and Travis got out there before I did, and so he's out there with the spotlight and is like, oh my gosh, this boat, the blue boat's on top of us, the blue boat hit us, like freaking out. The wind is just howling. I'm scrambling up the stairs trying to figure out what's going on. And yeah, so basically their boat is just perpendicular to our boat, just T-boned, well, yeah, right yep. on top of our boat. And um, then finally, like, they wake up and they start trying to start the engine. And this boat was so large and so fancy that they had three full-time crew members on working on the boat. Yeah. So there was the two owners, the couple, and then three full-time crew members. And these are crew members that wear, like, uniforms. Yeah. Like, fancy crew members, not just, like, some guy on the dock that just, you know, walked on the boat. Like, these people are, like, full-on paid crew members with their little pleated shorts in their belts and everything. Like, fancy boat. Yeah. So everybody's trying to get the two boats off of each other. Right where they hit, everybody's concerned because our chain is now completely ripping tight, and it's most likely between their keel and their sail drive. So their sail drive is what connects to their engine, which propels their boat forward or backwards. Mm -hmm. So we don't want the chain to get caught around that. If they start that engine, the chain could get caught in their prop. It is just absolute chaos. Yeah, and then the concern for us that now our boat's already, our chain's fully extended. Our whole boat has its weight pulling on our anchor and all this wind, and now we have this boat that weighs probably what i don't even four know. times the amount five times the amount yeah. of our boat yeah is now pushing on it with 47 knots of wind so now we're worried that they could push us off and our anchor would pop and now we would start dragging and there's a boat behind us so we're worried this is a whole thing's gonna be this whole bowling alley alley situation but luckily we had like four people on deck just shoving this boat off of our boat like finally they kind of kicked around so that the front of their boat was touching the back of our boat and the front of our boat was touching the back of their boat and so we were able to just kind of push it off to the side um after i don't know it seemed like an eternity it did seem like an eternity but to step one step back shout out to mantis anchors because 
the anchor did not pop. That poor little mantis anchor was so, I mean, that thing was working as hard as it's ever worked before. Yeah. Holding a 65-foot catamaran side-on to 45 knots of wind and our 42-foot monohull. Shout out to Mantis, man. That was impressive. Seriously. If you don't have a Mantis, go buy one today. Let this be a lesson that you need a Mantis. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And then the that it kicked around, and I thought I was going to squish our poor little dinghy. Our dinghy was just pinned between the two boats, and I'd never seen the dinghy squeeze so hard. I was like, no, not our new dinghy. <laughs> yeah, I could just go boom. Oh, man. Well, luckily, it didn't. And finally, they got off our boat, and... It was just so it was so chaotic and I felt bad cuz the owner of the boat was like apologizing profusely but like we didn't know what happened at first. We didn't know that their mooring ball broke. It literally by the time we came up there it literally looked like they were trying to leave the anchorage and just like smashed into our boat. Yeah. Like it was such a weird angle. And then we heard them talking about the mooring ball like where's the mooring line blah 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 blah. blah. So then we realized that what had happened but oh, and, it was crazy yeah another buddy boat came up and said that the mooring broke yeah 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 um luckily yeah luckily we had a, a friend in the bay who actually heard the whole thing and then he came over and he was in his dinghy david on stargazer and he um came over to check on us to make sure that like our lines weren't caught around each other or anything so that was really nice yeah shout out to david thank you so much yeah but chaos so crazy so that was exciting. That was beyond exciting. I hope that's a first and last case scenario. I mean, we did touch another boat in Martinique, and then we touched a boat in Dominica, so I hope three's not the charm now, because I'm over it. Yeah, well, going back to our complaints about mooring balls, yeah. the time that we touched another boat in Martinique was because we were both on mooring balls, and these were brand new mooring balls, and they installed them way too close to each other. And all the boats were just swinging around in different directions, and we just got a nice little love tap from a little our neighbor. stern to stern touch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but again, these things are always trouble. Yeah. So then we decided to get out of Dodge. Yeah, that was our last day in Dominica. We had to go, so we got up and then sailed to the Saints, which is only a twenty-mile sail, mm -hmm. and it should have been like you know, kind of high winds, rough seas. But would you say it was probably the worst sail of the season? Oh yeah. It was not comfy. It did not let off of like 25 knots the whole entire sail. Yeah. And it was, the sea state was just short and choppy and steep and choppy and choppy and choppy. And it was mm -hmm. awful. Yeah, it was not comfy. And like we've talked about before on here, like sometimes when the seas are so big or so choppy, it's actually, it makes it a little bit more comfortable to go faster and let more sail out. But when you do that with such high wind, you're so healed over. So then you're healed pretty far over and then you get these big waves that kick you even further over. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, everything's falling off the shelves. Things are just crashing constantly. It was not a fun sail. Yeah, me. but I had a little bit of fun because, like Megan said, that sometimes the faster you go, the more smooth it'll be. So she let me just rip. We were just flying. Yeah. And it's a 20-mile sail, so usually it would take us four hours. And I think we did it in almost three. I think it was like two hours and 50 minutes. Like yeah, it was We fast. flew. Yeah. But it was good to get there until we got there. And everybody's trying to outrun the storm that it, we, we all see in the horizon. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's like a couple days out. And we get to the Saints, and there are no mooring balls available. Yeah. And where we typically have anchored before, which has been completely calm, the wind angle is just that 
bay was so rolly. So rolly. We pulled in and we could just see the mass of the sailboats just going side to side. And we're like, oh my gosh, we'll be seasick at anchor if we have to go there. Yeah. And so to just kind of clarify, so when we were in Dominica and we were talking about how there were mooring balls mixed in with the anchoring zones, some um, anchorages don't allow you to do that. So some anchorages, the Saints in Guadalupe being one of them, they have a designated mooring ball zone where you cannot anchor. You have to grab a mooring ball. And this bay just so happened to be that the mooring ball area was the most protected yep. and the only place that was calm. And then they had other anchorages further back, more exposed, more out in the open ocean where you can anchor. And so all the mooring bar- balls were full where we wanted to grab to be calm. And then we got stuck anchoring way the heck out in like 40 feet of water. Yeah, that was the deepest we've ever it anchored before. It was so deep and it was so rolly and so miserable. And so windy still. It was ripping through there. Yeah. It was but not fun. We launched the dinghy, went in, walking around the Saints is so awesome. We got a little pizza, mm-hmm. just got to check out the Saints. It's such a cool little chain of islands on the south side of Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. fun. It is. And Guadalupe is another French island. So very cute, just bakeries and baguette shops and pizza places. And gelato. Cobblestone streets and gelato. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So then the next morning, so we went back to the boat, slept, miserable, rolly awful and mm-hmm. then the next morning we had a we had a friend on a mooring ball and they were like giving us play-by-play minute like hey <laughs> 10 minutes we're leaving is your anchor up yeah. yeah okay five minutes we're pulling the lines where are you at so basically we had to like trade them mooring balls because there yeah. were like a line of boats hovering like hyenas like yes. boats just motoring back and forth just waiting for any boat to leave yes so luckily they got off their mooring ball, and then we went and snuck up and grabbed it. Mm-hmm. And what a difference that made. Oh, it was flat calm, but there still was a little bit of breeze. So it was nice and cool and flat calm and just gorgeous. And you're like right off of the town dock, so you can just see all the ferries coming and going and all the hustle and bustle of the town. It was so cute. It was so fun. So worth it. R- rarely do we grab mooring balls, but when we do... It's definitely worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and especially because we have a cat on board. Yeah. So we always worry about our cat, Kala, because even though we get to get off the boat and go do stuff in a rolly anchorage, I feel bad for her. So it makes me feel a lot better, and I have a lot more peace of mind when the boat is calm and cool <laughs> because I don't worry about her being too hot or being seasick or anything like that. So, so yeah, so we got the boat safe, got Kala safe, and then we went and rented this little motor moped and went and ripped around the island it was so fun it was so fun we just didn't even look at a map i mean this island is so tiny oh i think they said it was six kilometers across yeah it's so tiny so we were like where should we go and we just started driving around on these little streets uh, and found some beautiful beaches like lots of beaches so many beaches i had no idea there were so many beaches i didn't either it was like every turn it was like its own beach and then sometimes you had to park your moped at the top and then walk down and but every beach had like one or two people having like a picnic on it. It was so cool how people just found these little tiny coves and these private beaches that they would just go and explore. Like there was people everywhere. Some places we go, there's so many populated beaches. And this just felt like everybody was exploring every inch of this beautiful island. I mean, it, it was crazy because every beach was beautiful. I mean, it wasn't like, ah, oh, this beach is okay. Like, every time we went to the beach, we we're like, holy smokes, how is there another beautiful beach that looks like this? Right, exactly. It was so cool. And then we made our way up to Fort Napoleon, which is <laughs> Gosh. some fort that they used to... Strategic lookout point for back in the day. Yep. 
when everybody was trying to conquer the islands. Yeah, and so we saw we could see it actually from the anchorage. Yep. And we had read that that was kind of like a cool hike to do. So we were mopeding around and saw some beaches, and then we saw some signs for Fort Napoleon. We're like, oh, let's go walk up there and check that out. So, yeah, we're walking up to the fort, and it just starts pouring down <laughs> rain, like miserable amounts of rain. Yeah. And there was one little tree that we tried to hide behind. It did not do its just. I mean, it it helped a little bit, but we were soaking wet. It was horrible because it was a beautiful, bright blue sky day, and then all of a sudden, this torrential downpour happened. But of course, I guess that would happen to us. And then, of course, like the island rain does, yep. it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And then we're soaking wet, and we're like, spirits are still high. We're gonna go check out this fort. It's gonna be awesome. We walk around the corner. Big old gates are closed on yep. the fort. <laughs> the most French thing I've ever experienced. The fort's open from 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. That's it. Like, what kind of hours are those? That's all you get. 9 to 12.30. It was so weird. And we got there at like 12.47, yeah, too. So it, that was the other thing that was so stupid. We're like, oh, my gosh. We just missed it. Yeah, like the food cart was just starting to close up. Like, we were right there. So close. And it yeah. wasn't even like... A lot of places in France close down like in the middle of the day. They'll close down from noon to two. Mm-hmm. That was it. They're yeah. not opening back up from two to sunset. That's no. it. Yeah. So strange. But we did got, get to walk around a little bit. We could walk around the perimeter and they had the like they had moats dredged yeah. out and everything. So it looked really cool, but we didn't get a chance to go actually into the fort. But it looked really cool. Yeah. So to make up for it, we got on our little moped and went back into town and got some ice cream. Oh, it was so good. It was very good. I love ice cream. And of course we got a baguette too, so. Oh my gosh. You always I mean we ate so many baguettes in those in that island. <laughs> my goodness. So many. But we were talking about how many beautiful beaches we saw and uh we towards the end of the day we got after ice cream we got back on the moped and we start going to see more beaches and we get to this one beach and we can see from the road, it's kind of like down a little ways, that there's just tons of palm trees. And we're like, that looks cool. And then on the road, it was just lined with Packed. cars and bikes and mopeds and strollers. Every and mode of transportation. For a long ways. And so it just like went up and down the street. And we're like, well, this place must be cool. Yeah. So we parked the moped. We walked down this hill, and it was not a close walk. Well, it wasn't easy either. It was like boulders and loose gravel and sand, and I was like, man, there must be like beach bars and restaurants, and I mean, this is going to be epic. Yeah. This is going to be so cool. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It was not cool. We get down there, there's nothing. Just a ton of people on this tiny little beach that wasn't even that pretty. Yeah. Just hanging out, just suntanning. It was the weirdest thing. I don't know what you guys are doing there. <laughs> Maybe I missed something. Please, if you know what beach I'm talking about, I wish I would have looked at the name of it. We were so disappointed when we got down there. We we were literally like confused. It was seriously just a little patch of sand. Like the beach itself was only probably what two hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yep, yeah, max, max, and that's it. And, and there's it no packed. beach past that. There's like no real snorkeling. The water's like kind of like a murky. Like I'm so confused and. The beach itself, again, like it was like 200 yards long, but only like maybe 15 yards, 10 yards like wide as far as like where you could lay from the water to like the fence line on I the don't backside. Even like that. It was like, like this tiny. People little... were laying out and we were like stepping over them yes, in some spots. It was like so skinny and so narrow. And I'm like, what is happening? It was 
the wildest thing. I don't know what we missed, but we missed it, and it wasn't there for us because we got to the end of the beach, and we were just, like I said, confused. Mm -hmm. And there are so many beautiful (laughs) beaches on this island. The (laughs) fact that everybody chose to go to this one, there's something there that we missed, but... We just got grumpy and then just went to a different beautiful beach. We're like, we literally, it was so packed, we could not even find a place to yeah. stay if we wanted to. Like, we were standing on the very edge. Almost and there like, were still people just filing in. Yeah. I don't know. So we were like, well, we're here. We took one photo of the beach and all the people on it, and then we left. That's so it. So that was an interesting place. But other than that, the other beaches were great and cool. Oh, yeah. So then we went and dropped off the little moped, mm-hmm. and then we did a little date night on the paddleboard. It was so calm in that little cove. Mm-hmm. So we just threw the paddleboard in, grabbed a, cl- a glass of wine, and then just drifted off into the breeze. Yep. I brought a little speaker on the paddleboard with us, and it was such a clear night. So the sunset was just huge and bright and orange, and it was beautiful. We're on the paddleboard just hanging out, listening to music, having some French wine in a French country, and so nice. And then it started to rain on us. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> Every romantic thing that you picture out here just gets ruined by wind or rain. <laughs> yes. It's almost like a cheesy rom-com where it's like, that could not happen again. And it does. Yeah. It's like, no way you guys are going to get rained on right now. It did. And yeah. the boat was opened up. So we had to like speed back the boat, close the hatches. We are so bad at hatches. And it was so funny because other people were sitting in their cockpits watching us. Just laughing just at laughing us. laughing at us because we were just out there just having a good time at sunset. Like seriously picturesque evening. So flat, so beautiful, vibrant colors. And then this just rainstorm came out of nowhere. And we just got downpoured on. And we we're like, ah, paddle back. And we're like, we were both sitting down on the paddleboard. And so Travis trying to stand up and not dump us in the water. And we're like scurrying back. And we were laughing. And then other people on the boats were just laughing at us. We're like, oh, what man. a good day. Love the Saints. But that was kind of just like a layover. Like we yeah. were trying to, we wanted to see it. We wanted to experience it. We hit it hard. But we had to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So then the next morning we woke up and we sailed to the northern end of Guadalupe, which was about 32 miles away. Mm-hmm. And typically on the on the west side of an island, on the, the leeward side of an island. So the wind hits the east side of an island and then it usually blocks the wind on the west side of the island. Like it's basically just like a big wind block. Mm-hmm. But there was like a nice southerly component. So the wind was blowing from south to north behind the island. And we actually sailed almost all the 32 miles. It yeah. was so cool. Usually you have to start the motor and just motor all behind these islands. And the motor's loud and stinky and slow. So it's never fun to run the motor. But, man, we were ripping. There was no sea state. Yeah. Like a 17-knot southerly blow. So we just were downwinding all the way up the backside of Guadalupe. That was actually a lot of fun. It was fun. Until it wasn't. Yeah, until we got too much wind. And then the wind just kept building. And it's so strange because... The wind typically never is behind the island, and the wind just kept building and building and building. And then all of a sudden, it was like 30 knots, was it not? Yeah. Behind the island. Yeah. It was crazy. We actually, we were so stoked to be able to not motor behind the island, but then when we got close enough to the anchorage, we had to pull the sails in and motor because the wind was so crazy and just blowing right on our nose. Yeah. It was it was so weird because, yeah, usually even when you get to close to an anchorage, it's pretty protected, so the wind kind of dies. No, the wind was building, and we're like, well, 
we don't want to have sales up coming into the Anchorage with this kind of wind. So, yeah. yeah. And it was like a jumping point to get to Antigua. Mm-hmm. So like it was packed in there. Yeah. Well, and let's talk a little bit about the storm that we keep talking about that we were running from. So I think we saw it first on the wind forecast on like Tuesday. And then it was going to come in the following Tuesday. And this system was massive yeah it covered the entire caribbean yeah like literally from florida to grenada was just hammered and then all the way even to the western caribbean even mexico was getting like wild amounts of wind so it's just a massive storm and the problem with this is that it didn't let up for seven days yeah at least as far as the forecast could see so we were watching it um and watching it and this is when we were in martinique still yeah right and so we had been watching it for a few days and then finally we made this game plan to like where do we need to go? Because yeah, where's going to be most protected? Yeah, where is going to be the most protected, and where can we be for the foreseeable future? Because it was at least seven full days of really strong winds and not saleable weather. So we we're like, we might get stuck somewhere for up to ten days or more until the storm lets up because it was so big. Yeah, because then you got to assume that the seas are going to be nasty after that. So it's not like you can jump on the seventh day. You're like, oh, wind's chilling out. Right. Like the seas are still going to have massive swell, massive waves coming through. So you got to. Give it enough time for the swell and the sea to calm down. Exactly. Yeah. So we had this whole plan. So we left Martinique. We stopped in Dominica for, I think, a week. Yeah. Or maybe we saw it in Dominica. I don't remember where we were when we saw the storm. But anyways, the plan was to stop in Dominica. And then we wanted to go to the Saints. And like Travis said, we had to cut it short a little bit. So we stopped in the Saints for like two days. Mm -hmm. Then we were going to go to the northern side of Guadalupe to overnight. And then we had to go to Antigua. Yeah. And... The reason I'm saying this whole thing is to give a little bit of perspective, but also that's why all these anchorages were so packed. That's why we couldn't get a mooring ball in the Saints, and that's why when we came into De'e, which is the anchorage on the north side of Guadalupe, it also was so packed because it was such a popular jumping point to get to Antigua, which was going to be the most protected place. Right, yeah. Everybody was definitely trying to get to Antigua. So but yeah, people. we uh, pull in there. There is one mooring ball available. And I mean, people are anchored in 60 feet of water. We don't have enough anchor chain to safely anchor in that depth. So right. we typically, like I said, I am team not mooring ball. <laughs> but when we have to take one, we have to take one. Mm-hmm. So we're going into this bay, this anchorage, day A. There's like two mooring balls available. There's three boats coming in mm-hmm. right now. Like a race. Like everybody's full send for these mooring balls, and it's blowing 26 knots on your nose. Mm-hmm. Like it was so dicey. We've never grabbed a mooring ball in that kind of wind. Yeah. But we freaking crushed yeah, it. Yeah, we did. One take. <laughs> got it. I mean, it was crazy. But it was, there was another boat that was behind us that was kind of being a jerk. Like, yeah. if, if you don't have etiquette sailing, do not follow a boat like right behind them to a mooring ball because if I were to miss that mooring ball and drift off sideways, like we would absolutely hit that boat. Mm-hmm. Like they were so close to us and it literally felt like they were just waiting for us to miss it and they were going to sneak in and grab it. Yeah. But they were so close that if we would have fallen off to the starboard side, mm-hmm. like they would have T-boned us. Like we couldn't have got the boat under control. Yeah, it was really weird because we were obviously there first and we were taking it really, really slow trying to get up to this mooring ball because it's pretty tricky to grab a mooring ball. If you've never never done that or don't know what this is, it's kind of tricky. Travis has to drive the boat right to this mooring ball and then I have to lean over the bow of the boat with this massively long pole stick thing and try to grab the mooring ball and then we have to stick two lines through it, tie it to the front of the boat, 
So it's really tough to do in a lot of wind to get the boat exactly, slow it down, but also get it exactly where this mooring ball was. Yeah, because the slower you are, the harder it is to maneuver the boat. Yeah. So like at slow, when it's high winds, if the wind pushes on one side of the bow of the boat, the front of the boat, one way, Mm -hmm. you'll fall off the ball super quick. Right. And he can't just like hammer it in because then I won't be able to grab the mooring ball. Yeah. And then we'll just like go past it. So it's like a very delicate process. Yeah. So we were obviously there first. And then this boat came right behind us, like almost in our blind blind spot on the right side of our boat. And it felt like they were trying to play chicken with us. Like, you know, like those people that have the parking lots full and like you're trying to back into the one and they want to like pull into it forward just to like take it from you. That's how it felt like this was happening. Yeah. And so like I'm trying to give Travis directions. The wind is just screaming. I finally grabbed the mooring ball and I'm looking up and they're still right next to us. And even once you grab the mooring ball physically, you still have to get all your lines through and yeah, it's tied it's to your boat. So you to-do. still might not get the mooring ball. But yeah, it was they were really weirdly close and it felt kind of like for one, dangerous, and for two, just like completely unnecessary yeah. to other people that are obviously trying to do something in high winds that could be a dangerous situation yeah it was weird very weird don't be that guy or gal but but we beat him so yeah <laughs> sucks to we're suck we're the real winner <laughs> i know and, but then there was another one available which yeah was they the still got part. a mooring ball yeah they just like went past us and then to the left like way off to the other side and there was one more left so i was like this seemed unnecessary but okay but yeah again in the race to antigua that was just a layover. We didn't even get off the boat that night. We just yeah. tried to get some sleep. We got there pretty much at sunset. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, we left at sunrise. Yep. So we literally just tried to sleep as much as we could. But man, coming out of day A, how many did we count? 14 boats? 14 boats with us, yeah. I mean, it was a straight up regatta, like a sailboat <laughs> race. Yeah. And to Antigua, it was 47 miles, so it wasn't like a short little hop. That's a whole day sail. Right. And it was, it was fun. Like, there was all 14 boats, so just like, just trying to get to Antigua as quickly as possible. But I'm going to say that was probably my favorite sail all season. Agreed. Totally agreed. That was an awesome sail. Like, we expected that sail to suck. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be high winds. There was supposed to be big seas. Yep. And we were just chilling. I mean, we, I think it took us seven and a half hours, just shy of seven and a half hours. Mm-hmm. We averaged 6'3", and I think our max was 10'9". Like, yeah. we were flying. Yeah. And again, like, once... Once you sail into Antigua, like the the windward side of the island was blocking the wind, so the leeward side of the island, the inside of the island was just flat calm, mm-hmm. and we had we were on a rage, and we were doing like six seven knots, no sea state, just flying. Yeah, it was so fun, and the wind the whole seven and a half hours was just perfect. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think it was like blowing 11 gusting to like 15 like 17 maybe like yeah. it was just perfect like we had full sails out it wasn't too much we weren't really hardly on a lean like a little little lean but we were just cutting through the water it was a beautiful sail yeah it was which was such a nice surprise it was yeah we expected to get beat up a little bit but had so much fun we just had music going we're laughing chatting mm-hmm. having a grand old time yeah oh it was great until, until... <laughs> it didn't rain on us it didn't rain there was no squalls, but Megan made Kala and I puke. It was an accident. She fed us rotten lunch meat, <laughs> and literally, it was so bad. Kala ate it and then puked almost instantly. I actually didn't puke, but I should have. It was so nasty. My belly was turning. Okay, to be fair, we had some ham, some like deli meat from 
somewhere. And I didn't think it had been in there that long, but I made myself a peanut butter sandwich, and Travis wanted- Oh, suspicious. <laughs> Megan never <laughs> would choose a peanut butter sandwich over a deli meat sandwich. Never. <laughs> Literally never. Well, I would have thrown the meat overboard, but Travis is so averse to throwing food overboard that I'm like, okay, if you think this is good, then you eat it. So- I made myself a peanut butter sandwich, and Travis wanted meat on his sandwich, so I made him a sandwich, and Kala loves deli meat. She doesn't care what it is, but she knows when she hears that package open, she loves deli meat. So I made Travis eat the sandwich. He's like, I think it's fine, and he ate the sandwich, and then I fed Kala some meat, and then it was like, yeah, like not even 20 minutes later, she puked it all up and travis is like well that tells us what we need to know about that That was definitely it was like five minutes later it was like (laughs) it was like definitely a equaled b like because she ate that rotten meat she puked (laughs) it wasn't like oh maybe it was a hairball no it was because the rotten meat i know i felt so bad for her i didn't feel that bad for you because i would have just thrown it overboard and you were like no we can't be wasteful that's fair that is fair we weren't wasteful yeah so now we are in antigua and jolly harbor and just ready to see what the future holds for us. Absolutely. We made it here before the storm. The winds are supposed to pick up tonight. Tonight. So we shall see. Yeah. All right. So what is something that you learned this week? Something I learned this week is that sailing can actually be fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. This is our third year of live full living full-time on a sailboat. And... I was starting to question our last few months it was if I even liked sailing. We had a lot of really great times on our first year and then some, you know, about half and half last year. And this year we just, the winds and the waves and the weather has just not been cooperating and the seas have been rough. And so I was like, man, I, um, I don't like sailing anymore. Yeah. I'm out. Where's my uh, power yacht? She literally said this on the sails. She was like, this is the sails that I remember. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. Everything we've done prior to that has not been that fun. Yeah, no. It's been a rough season. So I learned again that sailing can actually be fun and I can enjoy it and we can have wonderful sails. And yeah, that's what I learned. Yeah, I what like did, it. <laughs> what did you learn? Ah, man, I'm going to stick to it. I've been pounding it already enough this episode, but... Do not trust mooring balls. <laughs> it's crazy how many people we talk to that want to be on a mooring ball during a big blow. It makes them feel safe. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, I definitely think you should have ground tackle and anchor and chain and road that you are confident in yep. in any situation. Mm-hmm. You should grab a mooring ball if you have to. Like, in the Saints, it was a better option for us. In day A, it was the only option for us. If you have to grab a mooring ball, or if it's dead calm. Or low winds, yeah, in, yeah. In freaking St. John, I love grabbing mooring balls in Maho Bay. Yeah, like, exactly. I want to be right there in the mix. Right. But, like, if it's heavy winds, man, drop your ground tackle, deploy a second anchor if you have to, learn your strategies, and be safe out there. Like, Yeah, because it's safer for everyone, too, around you. I mean, we forgot to mention this, but we had heard that, that when that mooring ball broke of the catamaran that hit us, that was the third mooring yeah, ball David that told us. week. Yeah, that had broken. There were three, uh, two other boats that had drifted off in the middle of the night. Luckily, they didn't hit any other boats, but still, yeah, like it's just it's safer for everyone else around you to have a solid ground tackle. I system. know there's plenty of sailors that disagree with me right now, but that's my theory. <laughs> I don't care. You're gonna cause some problems <laughs> yeah. on here. But that's it. That's our week. Yes, we I'm will sh- update you guys about this blow and 
was going to say, I'm sure next week will be an exciting one. Yeah, or maybe not. Maybe we're just going to be doing nothing. Yeah, just stuck on the boat, seasick the whole time. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Hopefully not. But either way, we'll talk to you guys next week. Awesome. Look forward to it. Bye. Bye.